This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Did you have tacos today? I haven't had tacos. Maybe I'll have a margarita later. What's happening, you guys? Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. We're doing all things love after lockup. The last episode of the season before we move into life after lockup, Secret Cell Mates was the name of this episode. I'm going to do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, First and foremost, you guys, I'm going to pop up after the shows tonight in an exclusive interview I did with Stephanie from 90 Day Beyonce. She has launched a new platform. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. OnlyFans is taking away their adult content. And millions and millions and millions of dollars are going to be going where? Well, thankfully, Stephanie, who is a businesswoman in and of herself, um, has created a platform for adult creators Uh, called Unfiltered, and I did an exclusive with her yesterday, and that interview is about to drop on my YouTube page tonight, so make sure to check that out. Uh, The second thing, another little cute announcement, uh, In Touch Weekly picked up the Sister Seeking Wife series that I did, so the Winder family and my interview was uh, featured on In Touch Weekly, so definitely make sure to check that out as well, and then support the show, you guys support the show. That's all I can say at the bottom of the screen are ways that you can support this show so I continue to bring you all the content that is out there. Um, Cash up, Venmo, PayPal, all at the bottom of your screen. Thank you so much to my Patreon subscribers. Without you, these shows couldn't happen. So shout out to Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Rodella, Linda, Brianna, Donna over at Anchor FM, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Julissa, and Angela. And uh, guys, this episode, let me tell you, what's different with WeTV versus TLC is they don't mess around when they have their last episode. They're like, oh, we have all this content. Let's just go ahead and let them know everything and anything that has gone on here. And they just like, it blew me away. I'm still stuck. So let's just jump right into it. So... It's funny because usually I say like Nicole and Deontay, but this one I said Nicole and Tia, because really it's about Nicole and Tia. 
right? And we already know we spoiled it here. If you've been watching the show throughout the season, we spoiled it here. We know that Nicole ends up with Tia. And I just think it's interesting that, you know, she's about to meet Deontay after staying the night with Tia. And Tia's going to go drive her to see her other man. Like, listen, in my life, I've known one person that had skills like Nicole has. And I won't name her, but back home in Vancouver, I was amazed by this girl. She had two boyfriends, you guys, and they both knew about each other. And it wasn't like she said, oh, we're in an open relationship. She's like, no, you're my boyfriend, but you're also my boyfriend. And I'm just going to have two boyfriends. And that's how it is. And she would make time for both of them. And then one day she was moving, you guys. And uh, we were all helping her move. And she had both of her boyfriends move her. They both were on their best behavior. They both helped her move. And it was like, oh, I, my mind was blown away. And I feel like that's a little bit like Nicole. Like Nicole has, I don't like some special, weird, manipulative skill that she just allows everything to happen, all the drama to happen in front of her. And she's kind of like, well, what? Well, what? Like, I, if she continues to say, well, I love you, I love you, I love you, then. That just seems to be enough for her people. It's fascinating to me. Hey, Dustin, you're new. Hey, Dustin, welcome. Everyone say hi to Dustin. Uh, so she's trying to tell us that she didn't have sex with Tia last night, which I absolutely do not believe. She said she had too much to, to drink and she didn't want to feel sick while she was having uh, sexy time with Tia. I don't believe her. But then on the one hand, I'm like, well, why would she lie? Because she already said that she had sex with Zach. So, like, why would she lie? Well, she might lie because she doesn't want to come across as a hoe. Like, you just slept with home dude, like, the day before. And now you're sleeping with this girl the next day. And meanwhile, Dum Dum over here has been paying all your bills, giving you all the gifts. And he, he can't even get a proper kiss. Like, y'all, Nicole is a G. So... Tia's like, hey, listen, I'll drive you. Just tell him you don't feel good. Apologize and like, let's keep it moving. And so she goes there and she says that she's not going to tell Deontay anything. Well, why would she? Why would she start now? She's been lying to him this whole... She's been lying to him, y'all, since she was in prison. We all know that she's been using him and she doesn't want to let him go because that's her meal ticket. That's her money. That's her paycheck. She ain't trying to let go of none of that because she's trying to have a specific lifestyle and Deontay is funding that lifestyle. And Deontay, like, listen, you guys, I don't know if you caught that interview I did with him, but like, I, you can be naive, you can be open-hearted, you can have a big heart, you can be a giver, but at some point you, you can't also just be a dum-dum. Like, you can't just be a dum-dum. There are too many fish in the sea. There are too many people that you can date for you to just be a dum-dum. And right now, Deontay to me is just being a dum-dum. Like, Nicole can't just be your fetish that your your mind is blocked and you can't see how ridiculous you're being and how you're being taken advantage of. It's very bizarre to me, but he rolls with it. So she's not going to tell him that she slept with Zach because it will hurt his feelings. And he's not ready to hear that. Well, of course he's not ready to hear it because he's not really ready to hear anything. He thinks that you're his woman. He thinks that you all are gonna get married, have babies and live happily ever after. That's what's in his mind. And nothing can tell him any otherwise at all. Nicole can show up with her girlfriend that drove her. You see all the pictures of them in bed at a hotel room in social media and you wanna ask what happened. 
what? Wait, what? And then you don't want to break up with her. You're mad that she just won't delete it off the social media? Okay, Dante. So uh, she's sitting there. She waits an hour. He tries to play hard to get, but we all know that he's going to show up. He shows up. And he's mad. He's like, you betrayed me. You lied straight to my face. You lied to my mom. I caught you with your ex last night and then, or the previous night. And last night you were on social media with your other ex. Is that what you're mad at? Because why, why are you here then? Are you here to say it's over? Because I didn't hear those words come out of his mouth at all. I heard him say, take the social media down. Now, you saw your woman who isn't giving you nothing, nothing, not, not a thing, and you're shelling out thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for her company. You saw her in bed together with who she says is her past love and her not finished love. I'm just curious, like, what more do you need her to say? She literally said that she's in bed together with her love and a past love that's not finished. So I, I feel like she's spelling it out for you. This is the, the love of her life and you're confused and you want her to just delete that and everything will be better. Dante, you need to do better and be better. Um, so he gets all mad at her and he's like, well, you know, you betrayed me. Yeah, she betrayed you because she ain't want you. She never wants, she wants your money, Dante. And you're the only person that doesn't see that. So, okay, she she betrayed you. What are you gonna do about it? Because guess what? She not only betrayed you once or twice, she betrayed you when she was in prison. She betrayed you as soon as she came out of prison. Like, you keep taking her back. So what are the consequences? If you're not gonna walk away, what are the consequences really? But Nicole, again, has a special skill. She says, well, first of all, I haven't seen Zach anymore. Well, Nicole, it's only been two days and you've been busy with your other ex, Tia. So of course you haven't seen Zach. You saw Zach the other day and now it was Tia's turn. And again, today is still Tia's turn. So that's not really a valid excuse that you haven't seen him anymore. You just haven't had enough days. You haven't had enough hours in the days to see all the people that you really want to see. Then she says, second of all, Tia and her are just friends. Hey, Nikki, hey girl, hey. Um, Tia, are you, are you just friends? So you and your friends just sleep in the same bed together and make out. You wear no panties with a, like a tight little dress with your friends all the time. Is that what we do now? Is, is, and we just call it friendship? Hmm, okay. So Deonta asked, did you have sex with either of them? And she gave this answer that I don't even know what the answer was. Basically, she said, oh, I was just being my flirty self. So she gave the non-answer and he accepted it. And again, I'm just like, really, Deontay? Like, how are you going to allow this girl continue to make a fool out of you? Like, wh why? Like, you, you guys, I'm just gonna say it. Like, <clears throat> her kitty must be amazing and he doesn't even know it. So like, I'm trying to figure out what it is that's holding him to her. Like, what is it? because he hasn't had sex with her. He just spends his money on her. She clowns him. So I think maybe in his head, like maybe Nicole Jr. has built up Nicole, the real Nicole in his mind and he can't let it go. Cause I'm trying to figure out what it is y'all. 
because he ain't even sampled the platter and he is stuck on dumb. Da dum dum dum. Anyhow, <clears throat> he tells her, you know, if you love me, you'll delete the social media. And, you know, you made me delete my social media and I'm not with my exes. Well, Deante, she's really telling you. If someone shows you who they are, believe them. And she shows you over and over and over again. And all she has to do is look at you in your face, tell you a lie and you believe her. And her lies are so ridiculous, like way out there. And he's like, okay, okay, Nicole. Mia says, Deontay fell in love with who she thought she was. Yeah, I mean, that, and I also think too, that he has a specific type and he's not willing to let go of that type. And he he found, you know, the blonde hair, blue eyed girl and, it's, she looks exactly, I showed you guys pictures, she looks exactly like his ex. He has a specific type and he's trying to not let go of that type. Now, mind you, you can find that type everywhere. So I'm just trying, really trying to figure out what his problem is. Like maybe he feels like insecure that he's not going to be able to get another girl like that. But I got to tell you, I would rather Dante be alone than to look like a fool because he just looks like a fool. I'm sorry. He looks like a fool. Um, so <clears throat> Tia shows up, wants to talk to Deontay. And Deontay's like, why are you posting my woman like that's your woman? Well, is it your woman, Deontay? Because she plain told you to your face that she's not your woman. She told you to your face that you guys are not engaged. She's never been intimate with you. She only takes your money. So I'm just really trying to figure out what in your mind makes her your woman? Is it because you spent so much money on her that you own her? Because you, yeah, you don't own her and you're not in a relationship with her. You've barely spent any time in the free world with her. All the time you spent it, she's been behind bars and all you've done is give her stuff. And when she got out, all you did was give her stuff, drive her around like you're her Uber driver. So like, how exactly is she your woman? Because she gave you a kiss here and there and she gave you like a half lap dance and then made you sleep in the guest room. <laughs> oh my God, stop it. Um, so Tia is like, you know, I don't know. And then she lies to him, said nothing happened. We didn't even kiss, which we all know is a super duper lie. She says she lies because she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. No one wants to hurt Deontay's feelings. Someone needs to hurt <clears throat> Deontay's feelings so that he can get like, a rude awakening because everyone's tiptoeing around Deontay because he's so nice and he's so naive and no one wants to hurt his feelings, but he's being made a fool of. And in that his feelings are getting hurt because he's being lied to his face. People are laughing behind his back, all the things. So like someone needs to tell him the real deal. So go ahead Tia and hurt his feelings. So I liked it when she was like, hey, Nicole, you need to decide. Like, you need to decide if you want to be with him or if you want to be with me or if you want to be with Nick. Like, whoever you want to be with, just make your choice. But it can't be this. It can't be like, hey. Then Nicole, who's a G, she's like, oh, let me go talk to Tia real quick. I'll be right back. That, again, should have been assigned to Deontay. That she ain't trying to, you came to talk to her, but she wants to go talk to her woman that she came with that drove her here separately and apart from you. Like if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. So she goes and talks to Tia, tells Tia that she loves her. She wants to be with her, but 
you know, she doesn't know what to do about Deontay. She doesn't want to hurt Deontay's feelings and she's not willing to let Deontay go. Yeah, you're not willing to let that money go is, is really what you're trying to say. And she talks about how she wants both because Deontay's good to her. Yeah, Deontay pays your bills and gives you every, does your hair, does your nails, buys you clothes, gives you hard cash. So you want that train to keep going. But at the same time, she says she has a history with Tia and a connection with Tia. Yeah, because you you love her. You want to be with her, but you also want your cash cow. So what does she want to do? She wants to have both of them. And so the G comes back and talks to Deontay and says to Deontay that she wants to be in an open relationship because she doesn't want to lose either of them. <laughs> Listen, if I could have thought of that in my mind, I would have absolutely used that. Listen, listen, you guys, that's G behavior. That's like pimp daddy 101. I, I want to cheat on you with Tom, Dick, and Harry, but I'm going to go ahead and say to your face that I just love all of you so much that I can't, I can't choose. And I just want to be in an open relationship. I want Deontay to give me all his money and I'm not going to give him anything. I'm going to maybe give him a peck on the, the cheek here and there. I might let him feel my leg. I might let him rub up on my arm. But he ain't getting any of the coochie. He ain't getting anything. He might get a lap dance. Then I'm going to be with Tia because Tia is the woman that I want. And so that's going to be my main girl. And then also Nick who, or Zach. Zach. I keep calling him Nick. Zach the ex. Oh, well because then I can have the dude as well and I'm attracted to Zach, then I'm going to go ahead and have Zach too. So that's going to be her open relationship. Listen, if that is not pimp daddy behavior, I don't know what is. Hey girl. Hey, Hey TG. I, Nia said, I almost thought Nicole was going to pull it off. Listen, Nia, Nicole's going to pull it off because we are going to see Deontay and Nicole on life after lockup that starts this week it starts this week and so we're going to see how he maneuvers that situation but just like nicole said in this episode he ain't going anywhere it might take some time but he'll be back he'll be back because he's a chump so he says no if you can't be exclusive with me then you don't need to be with me i'm done the famous i'm done line i'm done i'm done with you you're not done then he says he's done with liars and cheaters. And he says he's done with Nicole. And then you guys, I fell out. And when I tell you I fell out, I fell out like I'm about to cry. Cause I, when I laugh too hard, I cry. And when he met his friend at the lake and they had this mini coffin and they literally had a funeral and a coffin for Nicole Jr. I freaking died. I died. Nicole Jr. represents him letting go of the real Nicole and he's done with her. And that's the closest thing that he had to Nicole and the memories of Nicole. Are you, you, you basically have a funeral for your sex toy. The sex toy that you wash in your dishwasher, you then went and spent some of your money and bought a coffin and had a funeral for your sex toy. I thought he was going to cry. I thought he was going to cry. And then in that same breath where he was like, I'm about to let this go and it's over and I'm done. 
he's like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna block her because you know I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. I don't know. Yeah, because you're a chump, and you know what's going. I'm gonna tell you what happens. Nicole's gonna spend the rest of the week with Tia. She's gonna love up on, on on Tia, and then she's gonna run out of money, and she's gonna be like, hey, boo, hey, and then you're gonna get all excited. Oh my God, she's she's choosing me. And then she'll be like, what are you doing, babe? And then you'll be like, nothing. And then she'll be like, oh, you know, you should come over. And then as soon as you come over, she'll jump in your car and then tell you how much money that she needs because she needs to go get her hair done. So on the way to get her hair done, can we also stop and get my nails done? Oh, and I don't have any like walking around cash. So can I get like 50, 60 bucks? And it's going to go like that. So Dante ain't done. He's just wasting money. So when he threw out the toys and all the crap that he bought her last week when she was cheating with Zach, which I thought was a total waste, this was a waste too. You spend money on not only the sex toy, but buying a coffin for the sex toy. And then you just burnt it and sent it. Like you're wasting money. So I just feel like if you're going to go ahead and waste your money, Deontay, you better go ahead and waste your money on things that make sense. And then hold on to them because you're just wasting money at this point. Amanda said there will be an SVU investigation. Yes. Yes, there will. And so I feel for the dude. I feel for the dude. And then so what did we find out about um, Nicole Deontantia? Well, we found out, you guys, that uh, they're going to be on Life After Lockup. And if you didn't know, now you know that on Life After Lockup, we think, because we, we are going to see more of Nicole and Deontay, and we actually think that they're going to get married, but I'm going to, and I'm, this is spoiler alerts for you guys, okay? Spoiler alerts. We're going to see him get all dressed up in his velvet suit, thinking he's about to marry Nicole, and Nicole's going to do a bait and switch, and she's going to end up marrying Tia on their wedding day. It's going to be a big fat mess, and Deontay's feelings are going to be hurt again. So... I was just trying to be like, someone needs to tell Deontay before he gets to that point, but no one wants to hurt Deontay's feelings. So Deontay's just going to be stuck on dumb. And that's what's going to happen on life after lockup. And I'm just going to see more and more of Deontay like shelling out money for something that is not a real relationship. I don't understand. And he tried, you know what I don't understand about him? He tried to come all hard, like, no one's going to make a fool of me. I'm done. I'm done with liars. Well, then why do you continue to date the same people? You go on these prison websites. You know they say specifically, I'm on the website to run people for their money. You see it, and you're like, oh, that's me. Let me just be the chump that goes ahead and sends this person money that I can't even really spend real time with because they're in prison. But let me go ahead and put money on their book. And, oh, let me go pick them up when they finally get out of jail. And, oh, let me just run them around town and pay for everything. And, oh, let me just give them my money. And, oh, let me just drop them off at their other boyfriend or girlfriends. It's bizarre. It's very, very bizarre. So we're going to see that uh, with them. Um, for life after lockup and, you know, there's no rest for the wicked life after lockup starts this week. Uh, so I feel for him. I feel for Deontay for poor Deontay. 
Moving on to Dum Dum number two, uh, Stad and Lisa. So listen, you guys, I don't know if you got have Discovery Plus. Some of you must because that's where a lot of the shows are. Um, and I know this is on WeTV, but if you watch Discovery Plus, Discovery Plus has all the true crime shows, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now that Stan needs to cut it the fuck out because I'm about to see him on an episode of any of the Discovery shows. Like, there had been signs, um, Evil Lives Here, uh, First 48, all the things, because what I can't get over is you have a career felon. She's got 15 felonies, never kept a job, couldn't get a job, met you on Seeking Arrangement, whatever, Sugar Daddy, whatever arrangement.com. So you already know she came to you like, hey, I'm going to give you the kitty, but you're going to need to give me some money. You already know where she stood. You let her into your house, and then now you're letting her felon brother, Rick, and her felon godmother all up in the house. And while you're out, she's like, got, she has her phone out. She's looking up what, what's worth, what's worth what. You got your stocks out. She wants to know about the stocks. Are you living off the interest of the stocks? What does that look like? How much is that? And then you're living off your pension. Well, how much is your pension? Is that a month? Is that a year? So he's looking at a hundred thousand in uh, interest on stocks, another hundred thirty k from his pension, and you know she's taking mental notes. Like, how old did you say you were? What'd you say your social security was? Did you go ahead and put my name? on the deed and the title to the house. Am I in your will? You allergic to anything? <laughs> you got any pre-existing conditions? <laughs> she's taking all the notes, you guys. I feel for her, I feel for him because she's writing it all down. She ain't messing around. She ain't messing around. She knows exactly what she, she's, listen, Stan is about to get took. He's going to get took for all the things. And I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if he, if he stays standing. I wouldn't be surprised if Stan's MIA somewhere and friggin' Lisa moves in her whole criminal family into the house. And you know what? Remember about the basement? You know how they've never showed us the basement? They didn't show us the basement because that that's probably where Stan's body is going to be. Stan's going to be locked up in his own basement. No one's going to know. They're going to put, put, I watch all the true crimes. They're going to put the cement on him. Then they're going to put the kitty litter on him. The kitty will be all around. No be smelling up in there. But people will think it's the kitty litter for the kitty that he has. But really it's Stan living in the basement while Lisa's living her best life. Anyhow, um, Lisa says Stan comes from life of privilege and, you know, would she be dating him if he didn't have money? She can't really answer that. We already know the answer. She just didn't want to say it on national TV. Um, and then, so they're talking and his friend Dash is going to come with him because, you know, Lisa can't drive a car because she doesn't have a license. But Stan went ahead and bought her a car. So his friend Dash is going to come with him to pick up the car for Lisa. And he's lying, too. So 
he's standing there and he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm running out of checks. And I, first of all, I said, who writes, do y'all write checks still? I haven't seen a check in like five years. Do you guys, do you write checks? Let me know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments below. I didn't know people still did checks. Like who does that? In an electronic world, like I would literally have to go to a bank and get checks ordered. Like who, where do you send checks to? Who writes a check? When you just have a debit card, you can friggin' e-transfer. I'm very confused. But he's like, oh, I don't have a lot of checks. I might have to go get some more checks because what if there's like an extra charge that I need to write a check for? And then tells her, oh, there are more checks upstairs. And I thought that she was going to bolt up those stairs, bolt up the stairs and look for the checks and be gone because I know that that's about to happen too. She's Stan is going to get took period, period, for all the monies, all the monies. Raydella said, yes, I still write checks. I'm old and an old school. I love it, Raydella, I love you. So um, Dash gets there and he tells Dash that he bought a car for Lisa because Dash was like, are you trading in one of your cars? He's like, no, I bought a car for Lisa. And he's like, what? Because you got to remember, Lisa's only been out nine days. Lisa's a G2, you guys. Lisa's a G2. You got your your sugar daddy to get you out of prison, put money on your books. You decided to parole to his house. And now in nine days, you also had him buy you a $13,000 car. Oh, and spend another $3,200 on your unpaid ticket so that you can eventually get your license back. That's G behavior as well. Pimp daddy behavior 101. So Dash is like, are you, are you trading your car? No, I bought Lisa a car. And he lies and says it's going to be in both of their names. And we just heard him tell Lisa at the lot that it was going to be in her name only because he wanted to help build her credit up and you're lying to your friend. And you know, when you're lying to your friend, you know, something is not right. So you feel embarrassed. You know that you shouldn't have gone ahead and bought $13,000 car for some woman that just got out of prison in nine days that you met on sugar daddy seeking And now you don't want to look like a fool to your friend. So you're going to lie about it. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. And Dash is like, you know, You're, his friend Stan is not naive, but he's acting naive. And he wants to meet Lisa again. And he wants to make sure because he really feels he's a good judge of character. Dash, you should have thought of that before Stan spent $13,000. You should have thought of that before you decided that you're going to meet Stan and go pick up Lisa's car. You should have thought of that before. I'm happy that you're going to be his friend and try to like steer him in the right direction. But he's already really out another 13 k So you might want to cut this immediately if not sooner now stan thinks he's the big great savior and he's doing this because he's taking lisa out of her drug lifestyle and putting her here he wants to share his wealth with her and his money stan listen you don't need to tell anyone lisa already knows that you're about to not only share your wealth she's about to take your wealth from you thank you very much Patty said, Stan's going to be fun. <laughs> Lisa, I just said basically the same thing. Stan's going to be spotted flying out of the back of a murder van on the freeway one day. Facts, facts, facts. So um, 
Then Stan says to the cameras and to all of us and to his best friend Stan or to his best friend Dash that he doesn't think that Lisa's using him for his money. She's not that type. What? What's Stan? The felon who you just picked up from jail, who's in jail for theft and has 15 other felonies, has spent the last like 10 years of her life in and out of jail. You don't think that she's that type? What type is she? What type is she? Her whole, you said her whole family is a family of criminals. She's in that family, but she's not using you for your money, Stan. Okay. So while he's on his way to buy her car, uh, Lisa's looking at his baseball collection, like I said, and she's like, cha-ching, 74,000, cha-ching, 179,000, cha-ching, 200,000, cha-ching. And then, you guys, she said something that I was like, what world, what world do you live in? She's asked if she knows how much Stan is worth, and she says, yes, 2.1, Okay, no, how does she say? She said 2.197K. Who talks like that? Are you saying he's worth 2.1 million? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying he's worth 2.2 million? 2.197K? What does that even mean? But best believe she's adding up that baseball room, best believe that baseball room is going to be the first to go. Um, Stan feels like he has nothing to lose. He's tired of being alone. He just wants someone to be there for him and to love on him. Stan is being a big chump as well. Stan is about to get run. He's about to get run for all the ducks, all the ducks. Um, and then we find out that she's got a secret relationship. So someone calls her while Stan's gone and asks what's going on. She misses her, loves her. I love you, all the things, right? Secret relationship. We already knew. We knew from behind the scenes that uh, she had a girlfriend and that's who she really wants to be with. But Stan, again, just like Nicole, Stan is the cash cow. And she's really not trying to let go of that at all. And I personally feel that Stan is in danger. Like, they're about to run him, y'all. I'm not, I'm joking and laughing. But next step, plan. So let's go ahead and implement part B of our plan. Part B of the plan is let me go ahead and get my criminal brother and godmother to come over so that they can stake out the place, meet him, go to that special room that we're going to rob him of first, make sure you know where the basement is, and, um, yeah, just be like, hey, you're here to meet my new boyfriend. But, no, you're here to stake out the joint so that you can go ahead and rob him and go ahead and get his money because he's about to get God. So... Rick and Debbie come over and Rick thinks that Stan's a piece of shit, he says. So, I mean, that already tells you that he ain't got nothing to lose. And they decide that they're going to, they're eating the, you guys, what the hell were they eating? Was it like, what was that? 
because you know I'm going to tell you about the paper plates. That's just the thing. You don't have guests over and have them sitting on your couch eating paper. And then what were you eating? Like what were they? Chicken nuggets? Like you're ten. All I know is I saw frozen food go into the microwave. I wasn't sure what it was. Some of it was red. So then I was like, is it chicken wings and chicken nuggets? Like what the, can somebody please tell me what they were eating? It was bizarre. Not that it was bizarre to eat. I just couldn't figure it out. So it was weird to me that I couldn't figure out what the hell they were eating. But they're sitting there eating. And then uh, Stan decides that he's going to give Rick a tour of the house, which is rookie 101 behavior. Let me just show you all the stuff that I have in my apartment that is worth some money. And so you can go ahead and take it from me when I'm not here. Oh, Riddell says it was boneless chicken wings and French fries. Is that what it was? Oh, I mean, that sounds yummy, I suppose. It looked weird to me. Um, so Stan gives Rick a tour of the baseball room that has the baseball collection, that has the $74,000 worth card, the baseball that's worth $179,000, et cetera, et cetera. They sit and have a talk. Rick is like mad because he threw Lisa's clothes in the yard and it pissed him off. You kicked him up. I would just simply say, well, why can't she stay with you then? Like why she paroled into my house? If you're so mad about that, why she was staying with me or why was she staying in a hotel? Why didn't she go ahead and stay with you? Oh, cause you're a felon too. And two felons can't live in the same house together. Is that why? Oh, and you're the same person that showed her how to cook meth. Listen, you're about to get the fuck up out of here. Don't talk to me crazy. Your sister met me on seekingarrangement.com. So she's supposed to do her part and I will do my part. If she's not willing to do my her part, then I'm not willing to do my part. So she can't stay here. And that's why her shit was on the front lawn. Okay. Don't act like Stan was all crazy and just got mad and threw her shit out in a... No. No. He had a specific... He's invested a lot of time and money into this arrangement. She what He wanted his part of the arrangement. She wasn't willing to give it up. So she said that she wasn't going to do it. And he said, bye-bye. You're not going to talk crazy to me in my house, period. You're not going to tell me that I'm the bad person because I kicked out the felon who wasn't living up to their part of the arrangement. That's what's not going to happen. Now the felon's not going to tell me what to do in my house. In my house. But what does Stan do? He apologizes. He's like, I'll apologize to whoever I need to apologize to. It was like, my fault, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay. Meanwhile, we see uh, Lisa with all her sex toys. She tells us how when she was in prison, she had sex with her roommate and they made like homemade sex toys. And Lisa was like a big, a big hit in prison. And apparently she has some followers and whoop-de-whoop. Um, and then her own brother says, 
that she doesn't believe that Lisa's telling the truth about Stan because Lisa's told him that she really does like Stan and is trying to make it work, but he doesn't believe her. If your own criminal brother doesn't believe you, then there's something to be said about that. We all know, including the brother, Rick, that Lisa is pulling a scam. She's got a con. She's running a con right now. And I'm just trying to tell you that on Life After Luck Lockup, Stan is going to get took, period. Moving on to Courtney and Josh. These two, like, eh. He's out 13 days. Um, she's not feeling happy. She wants more affection. He knows that she wants more affection and love. And so he decides that he's working on a surprise for her. Meanwhile, she's driving home. She's starting to regret giving up your, her career for Josh. Are you, Courtney? Are you? You should. Don't even get me started. But yeah, I, I bet. I bet you are regretting giving up your career. I bet you're regretting having to go to prison. I bet you are regretting that you are on a federal um, probation. I bet. I bet that kind of sucks. And your dude doesn't even want to have sex with you, doesn't want to do anything for you. But he's decided because he knows that he's on 13 days in and he needs to leave your place on the 14th day because he can't quarantine with you anymore after that. He's got to go to his cousin. So he's got to make sure that before he goes that you're still back on the hook because he's going to need your money. So let me quickly go ahead and surprise her by doing a scavenger love hunt, I suppose. Sticky notes all on the door, sticky notes on the dog collar, go find a place that's spicier in the future. Um, and then she's walking through the house and she said something that was so weird to me. She said, oh, Josh, I hope you're not hiding because I'm easily frightened. And I was like, you're easily frightened. You used to be a correction officer. How, how are you easily frightened? You used to work all around with the worst of the worst of the worst that are locked up and are in prison. What are you easily scared about? Weird to me. Anyways, he wasn't in the house. There was another note for her to take a bath and put on this dress and put on the heels. And she does that, then goes to the kitchen, find the food that she liked that he liked to eat while she was visiting him in prison. Turned out to be like some candy thingamajiggers. Uh, then she goes to the room, finds out that it was a picnic, and there he is. There's a picnic, and he's got pictures of the two of them. He's got pickles, cheese, and crackers. Tells her that she looks beautiful, apologizes for not being loving, apologizes for not being there for her, apologizes, apologizes opens up the pickle jar and in the pickle jar is a ring. And I thought the ring was for her, but it's the ring for him because he flushed the other ring that she got him down the prison toilet. And so this new ring is supposed to replace the one that he flushed down the toilet, show that he's devoted to the relationship, that he loves her, that he wants to remarry her and be together with her just in time for him to have to leave the house, move in with his cousin, be a free man, but also have Courtney on the hook and happy. Mia says, LOL, he proposed to himself. 
And Patty says, I was relieved that the ring was on a pickle and not a finger in that jar. <laughs> so all of this has made Courtney super happy. Nothing is going to stop them from being together. She wants to build a house. She wants to have the wedding of her dream. She wants to foster some kids and ride off into the sunset with her knight in shining armor. And I'm about to tell you that that is gonna be a mess. I predict that Life After Lockup is going to see Josh having way more freedom to do whatever he wants to do. And there are going to be other people involved in that relationship, period. Now, moving on to Brittany and Ray, I gotta tell you this, that Brittany stays lying. Brittany told so many lies in this episode that I was like, this girl just stays lying. Like she just keeps lying to her family and all of that's gonna like explode in her face. So Ray's meeting her dad and she is micromanaging Ray. She wants him to wear pants so he doesn't need to uh, have the ankle monitor showing. And we find out that her sister's coming along with his with her dad. Mom doesn't want to meet him because, you know, she only wants to meet him when he can bring something to the table. Ray's nervous. Um, he's kind of like feeling mad that Brittany wants to have him dress a certain way, cover up, look a certain way, act a certain way, all the thing. And he's kind of feeling like a little bit controlled, but she has to do this because she's told so many lies to her family that she's trying to keep up with her own lies. Raydell said she's going to lose track of all her lies. Facts. She lost track this episode. So um, Ray's super nervous. He feels like he's going in front of a judge. And then Ronald, her dad, and her half-sister Jackie show up. And then Brittany looks in their face and says, hey, you know, um, Ray's over. You know, he's in there. He's over to visit. So I thought maybe you guys could meet him too since you know, he's just over to visit. I was like, over to visit? As soon as they walk in, they're going to see all this shit all over the place, all the stuff that you bought him. How are you going to be able to, like, maneuver that he's just happened to visit? Oh, but meanwhile, he's got, when he sits down, you're going to see that he's on house arrest. How, like, why are we lying here? What? What? But okay. Oh, Nia says, let's talk about the jeans. Can we not? Those, I mean, I feel for him. Right? He was in prison, so that's probably all he had. That was The jeans were like so 1980, but whatever. Um, so they sit down and Ray's like, you know, to the dad, to Rana, that he wants to let Rana know who he is and what he's about. And the dad, I was like, the dad could be a journalist. The dad was asking all the right questions. The dad asked, so may I ask how old you are? And he's like, I'm 29. And then dad says, well, you know, you have a whole lot of life ahead of you. And that translates in you're young. What are you about to do with your life since you're only 29? That's what that, that's dad talk for like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And how are you going to be able to provide for my daughter? You're 29, so you got some time to get your shit together. That's what daddy was saying. Then he says, how will this federal offense affect you in the future? Great question. You are a felon. 
How are you going to get a job? What type of job are you going to get? How are you going to be able to provide your, for yourself as well as for my daughter? And so, like, tell me, how will this felony affect you? Um, and Ray says, well, you know, he's going to get back to what he knows. He's got big plans. And then Ray immediately breaks one of Britney's lies because he says, as soon as I get the ankle monitor off, then I want to go and find work. So now you've now told the dad that you're on house arrest. Oh, and you have no job. Oh, but you're just visiting Brittany. So then Brittany tells another lie because now she's busted, right? She's busted because Ray just let the cat out the bag. So she backtracks and says that Ray changed his address. So they decided to live together. What does that even mean, you guys? He changed his address and did what? Did what? He changed, what he did was he wrote down that this is the address that I will be paroling to. Her name is Brittany and she has allowed me to stay with her while I'm on house arrest. Uh, so she lies again and says they he changed the address so they decided to live together. She comes clean that he's on home confinement um, dad was super sad about it. Dad does not look impressed. He said, you know, it would have been nice if you had told us so that we could have given our opinion on this before you made the commitment of living together. Then he goes on to say, you know, some guys take advantage of this situation. You know, they do nothing and they expect everything. Brittany's already had a, a bad relationship in the past. And he just wants the best for his daughter. And he knows that there's some men out there that are not sincere. And at the end of the day, he doesn't want to waste his time, his daughter's time, or their energy. So he, Ray's going to have to come correct. All the things. The dad was on point, y'all. Nia says, um, Brittany lies so often she makes me nervous. Facts. So... Dad was asking all the right questions and uh, the sister Jackie was trying to ask some questions too. She's like, you know, you're a smooth talker and that's all fine and dandy, but talk is cheap basically. I need to see some action. Anyone can say that they're going to do all of this, but it seems to me like you don't even really have a plan on like what's, what's going to happen in your future. And she goes on to say, you know, you moved him in and you have and he has nothing lined up. So like, what is that gonna look like for you guys? But dad's willing to give him a chance. He's like, you know, I'm from the show and tell generation. You can show me but and tell me, but I'm gonna need you to see it. So let me see you do all the things that you say you're gonna do. Um, and so they leave. A Little bit later, we find out that, you know, I guess he got off of his house arrest. He's driving her car like he owns the car, which I thought was really interesting, right? Like, I get I get it. You're the man. You want to drive. But that's really Britney's car that you're driving. You don't even have a car. But whatever. And got the ankle monitor off. They decide they're going to go on the first date. He hasn't been out to eat in a long time. But he's saying the right things. He's saying, like, you know, he wants to get a job so he can be a provider. 
Um, they're talking about babies. She wants babies right away because she's in her 30s. Um, he wants to wait like two to three years uh, to get married. And, you know, he wants to get a job first so that he can pay his restitution, can pay some bills with her and buy the ring, which, you know, at the end of the day, that makes sense. Like, save up some money to do the things that you need to do and take care of the things that you need to take care of. I get that. I get that. So that 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 did make sense to me. Um, but I also have to see the actions behind those words, you know, and then we find out uh, at the end of the episode that, you know, Brittany's still waiting for a proposal. She hasn't got the proposal, but we find out that Ray did get a job. So, you know, good on them. We're going to see them on life after lockup as well. Uh, I think they're one of the few couples that I think might make it. I think they might make it. All right. I know I always cringe. And I, I'm sorry that I cringe. I feel like I'm just being very biased, but I just cannot with this guy. So anyhow, uh, Anissa and Jeff. Oh, Jeff. So Penny comes over. Anissa's feeling like she can't trust Jeff. Their trust is broken because she found out he has a kid and he didn't tell her. Um, and I was like, you don't trust him because of that. How about all the times he's ghosted you? You spent like 20, 30, 40, $50,000 on him and he's ghosted you every time that didn't break your test. The fact that he has a grown ass kid broke your trust and didn't tell you it's weird to me. Like it's weird. Anyways, he's been out for two weeks. She doesn't know how to approach him. She doesn't know how to tell him that, hey, I know that you have a kid and you haven't told me about it. How about I know that you have spent my money and used me for 11 years and I just sat around waiting for you for 11 years and, you know, I don't trust you. How about that? But she doesn't know how to approach him. She's not a confrontational person. Um, and then on Jeff's end, he feels like she's acting different the last few days. Yeah, she's acting different because she found out you have a kid and you still haven't told her. But he thinks it's something else. He sees that she's changed some passwords. Uh, he thinks that she's hiding something from him. And he thinks that whatever it is, is in the dresser. He finds the phone in the dresser, finds out that she's been like sending sexy photos to other inmates. And he also believes that there's a sexual relationship going on between her and Kyle. So he's like, you know, riling himself up. Meanwhile, even though Anissa says that she doesn't trust him, she's flower shopping for her wedding because their wedding is in three months. She's already spent, and you guys, he's been out only two weeks. He's, she's already spent 9000 since he's been out because he has her debit card. That, again, is a rookie move. Just take your debit card back or, or cancel the card. Homie's at home playing online poker, buying drones, and spending your money. And you're crying about the 9000 that he spent, yet you still let him have the debit card? He ain't got nowhere to go. He ain't got no job. Sit him in front of the couch. Let him Netflix and chill to himself and cut off the debit card. I, I'm confused. Why is that difficult? He doesn't need shit. He just needs some food to eat. He already has a roof over his head. He can't do shit. Because he's on house arrest. 9,000. 9,000 online poker. Get out of here. Um, so Patty's like, or 
Penny is her name. Penny's like, why will you marry something who someone who's lying to you? Why would you marry someone that you don't trust? It's only going to get worse from here. Those are straight facts. Straight facts. But she wants to do what she wants to do, what she wants to do, what she wants to do. So Jeff finds the phone. He says, you know, there are guys on it, all the things. He's getting all hoity-doity about it. She gets home. Jeff asks her what's wrong. She says nothing. And then she's like, Kyle's coming over with his girlfriend. And then he's like, well, you got to tell me what's wrong. If you don't tell me what's wrong, I'm going to cut off my ankle bracelet and I'm going to walk out of here. And I was like, is that supposed to be a threat? Like, I'm doing you a favor by allowing you to stay here. So if you want to go ahead and cut off your ankle bracelet and walk away, first of all, your parole officer will immediately come get you and you will go back to the halfway house. So feel free to do that. But instead, um, we find out that she snitches on Kyle, since Kyle told her everything, told her that he has a kid. Meanwhile, Kyle's on his way over, and Jeff is, like, screaming. He gets mad. He's calling him a punk-ass bitch, confronts him. And, like, did you guys notice that he had those prison eyes? Like, I, it was almost like he was outside, but I was envisioning the prison around him. And, you know, the prison shows were, like, they're about to shank someone that got those crazy eyes. That's exactly what's going on with Jeff. At least that's what I saw. Security, and I was like, you guys have security? Do all the couples have security or just Jeff specifically? Because all of a sudden security is holding him back and he breaks free from security, goes and gets like a couple hits in on Kyle. Kyle freaks out, fight ensues. Meanwhile, Anissa's in the house just looking, peeking out the curtain like, I'm not getting involved. This is their problem. Is it? Is it their issue? You're the one that just ratted out your friend to your man who you know is a felon and inmate, who you know can at any time get paroled back into the halfway house or even worse, go back to prison. But this has nothing to do with you. As you like peek outside, it's none of my business. <laughs> Kyle goes ahead and says that he'll shoot Jeff in the face and it was a whole mess. Finally, the girlfriend drives Kyle out of there. Um, Jeff comes in. I don't know why he doesn't have a shirt on. I don't know why he was breaking wood. Like there was a lot of things that I just like I didn't get it, but I didn't I didn't have the energy to like try to figure it out. He comes in shirtless and says that he tells Anissa finally about the kid and how he just found out, yada yada yada. And he also tells her about the pictures that he found on her phone. He feels like the relationship is strained, but he wants to work to uh, get the relationship back on track. And she just feels like their trust is broken and she doesn't know if she can still marry him. And I'm like, dude, you waited 11 years for him and he's been out for two weeks and you're having all this drama. You should know that you shouldn't marry him. Like that should be a 100% given. So we find out at the end of the episode that uh, he got sent back to the halfway house because he had a parole infraction. So he's back in, in the halfway house. And last and certainly not least is Doug and Rachel. This one blew my mind, y'all. Blew my mind. They gave us no 
three seconds to absorb anything. They were just like, Doug, they show Doug. Doug likes getting tattoos. He says it's releasing endorphins. He has Rachel's name two times. A dog that she she liked has that. A book that she made him has that. Rachel's initials, Big Spoon, Little Spoon, all the tattoos of Rachel all the time because he loves getting tattoos. But meanwhile, Doug's been cheating the entire time. Uh, she wants a divorce. She's threw the ring outside on the grass. Uh, he has been with this girl even prior to knowing Rachel. Finds out that one time he was hanging out with his friend Gary, but really he was at Gary's house to meet his side chick. And then the person that owned the house sent Rachel a Facebook message saying your husband came, your husband came to my house earlier tonight with some skank and I caught him in our bedroom. He's no longer welcome in our house. And then another message saying Doug is a dirt bike, quit taking care of him, his kid and giving him your money. He's using you. He lies, he cheats. Uh, so even when Doug reproposed to her two days ago, he was already still with this other chick. So they had a big blowout. And then he says he punched the cabinet. And he's tried to say that he punched the cabinet instead of punching her face because that's how much he loves her. What? Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Rachel's pissed, says her entire relationship was a joke. She was swindled by the master manipulator. Um, so she left because he had was on this monitor. So he stayed at the house the night. She left and stayed at her mom's when she got back. Both him and Dougie Jr. were gone. All their shit is out. She shook. Uh, she really just wanted to have a home, a family, a marriage, a community. And she really thought that uh, Doug was the real deal. But Doug was absolutely not the real deal. And she didn't think that she was going to be a statistic. I could have told you that you were going to be a statistic. She should have known because she knows that he's only ever been able to spend 40 days out of prison his entire adult life. So what was going to make this time different? I don't know. You tell me. He's shown you who he was over and over again. And lo and behold, this same dude who all his friends and family have told you, we've never seen him with one person. He uses women and runs through women all the time. Why all of a sudden is it different? It's not you, Rachel. It's him. So she's sad that she bought into all of his lies. She bought into all of his loyalty. And Michelle, his mom, just like me, is the one that's like poor Dougie Jr., in this crazy ass situation again, right? So he finally had some stability with Rachel and now he's got to go live with his crazy daddy who we know is not going to last very long in the free world. So then what? And they're living in a camper on, on the lawn of his sister. Oh Lord, that poor boy. So... Doug says that, you know, he thought he could be a husband and a role model for Dougie, but it was it was a huge change. He wasn't ready for it, and he's not worried about being reincarcerated. 
because you know he's got no worries and of course he's not worried because that is what he does now i showed you guys last week um that he went to jail and he was part of a full on police sting you guys if you remember he took off from the police he had a gun he almost got in a gunfight with the police yada 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 uh according to starcasm here is another current mugshot of doug and it says doug was transferred to another jail and got a new mugshot photo the jail's website lists his charges as extortion as we previously reported uh, Doug was initially facing eight felonies and extortion wasn't one of them. They checked the court records moments ago, didn't see extortion listed. Doug is still being held on $50,000 bail with a probable cause court hearing scheduled for Wednesday. So he is 100% not ever going to see the day of light again. When you go ahead and draw on a police officer, that's attempted murder. Plus he, there was a whole meth ring and there was a car ring and all the things I told you guys last week. And now on top of it, you have extortion added on to your charges. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. So Doug's back in jail and, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. Now here's the thing that I think is, um, quite a nice part of this because, you know, I really am, worried about Dougie. Rachel posted to her Instagram and said, when a relationship ends between two people, it never ends with a child. Great things came out of my mistake. And as you guys know, on this episode, she was open and willing to have Dougie stay with her. She was willing to adopt him. I believe that they were in that process where he is now staying with her once again. And that's what I think is great about this whole thing is that Dougie Jr. needed stability. He needed a, a mother figure and he needed to not be around the craziness that is his, his other family. So I think it's a beautiful thing that Rachel is doing and uh, good on her because that kid is going to need all the support and therapy that he can get because his dad is a mess. Now, speaking of Rachel as well, I wanted to show you guys a couple of other uh, photos. So... Rachel and Deontay have become really good friends and they go live all the time on their social medias together. They support each other. And Deontay posted this photo of the two of them acting silly as well. Rachel posted it on her page as well. And he wrote, sometimes you never know who you run into when you're traveling. One of the best things I've ever done was took a trip up to Detroit. I don't know how I would have gone through this season without the support of this one right here. We both know what we've been through and we're here for each other when we watched ourselves week after week after week on Love After Lockup. So I love that they have the support of each other. I know that they have both gone through, you know, different things separately. But what's great is that, you know, when you're on a show like this and you're under public scrutiny and people are saying all the things, it's good to have someone that, you know, can relate to your story and can relate to what is going on with you. So I'm glad that they were able to manage that friendship. And last 
But certainly not least, you guys, it's the last episode. We play this game, and I have been zero for seven with you guys. So here is the last faux bachelor. If it's the first time watching this show, uh, I put up a photo of an inmate bachelor that we pretend, pretend, not in real life, but pretend that you would match me up with. And so this is... Andrew. Andrew is uh, 45, six foot, 185 pounds, green eyes, brown hair. He was convicted of assault. He's got 13 years uh, sentence, incarcerated since May of 2013, but he will be released in April of 2026. Um, let me just pull up his other photo here. This photo is from last year. And he says, are you single, loving and caring mentally, spiritually and financially stable, which I think is hilarious because you're in prison, but no judgment. Uh, then what are you waiting for? Do us both a huge favor and take a leap of faith. He says, I've had plenty of time to reflect on my life. And now with my sentence getting shorter, it's time for me to start building healthy relationships outside of prison. I've been known to be humorous when appropriate and can easily put a smile on your beautiful face. Therefore, if I can make you smile, it's my belief that I can just as easily make you happy. I'm also open to meeting women outside of the United States. Let's bridge the gap and bring both of our worlds together. You guys are so funny. Riddell is like, he needs money on his books. Patty says, that's his collection plate around his neck. Nah. And Lee wants to make sure that I see that he is saying no. And Lee is saying no again. And Amanda says, collection plate. And Black Shelly said, you should take a pass on this one too. <laughs> You guys didn't even let me finish reading his profile. He says he's very ambitious and looking forward to building a strong relationship based on trust, honesty, and loyalty. Give me an ounce of your loyalty and I'll give you a pound of my love. I'm a city boy, but love the outdoors, preferably somewhere tropical with beaches, beautiful water, sailboats, and someone special to enjoy the sunrises and sunsets that await. All right, I take it it's a no. So I'm zero for seven, zero for seven. And on that note, you guys, that is the season of Love After Lockup. It was fantastic. I was super entertained. Can't wait to this Friday for Life After Lockup. The journey continues and we will be covering it here, here, here at The Melanated Way. Guys, thank you so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, and make sure that you're around to check out my Stephanie interview. And for those of you that are watching Love in Paradise, um, I'm going to start that show in about five minutes. So I'll see you right back here for Love in Paradise, the Caribbean. Bye, guys.